G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, I focus today on one of those dark periods of all world history, but in terms of the 20th century, perhaps the darkest shadow of human history, talking about the Holocaust. And there's a new film, documentary film, out called Jacob's Tears. In fact, it's the second part of what is likely to be a trilogy of documentaries that unravel some of the understanding as to what was going on on spiritually behind the scenes that brought about this most dreadful of circumstances in history. Let's have a chat with the Director of Operations for what is called Hatikvah Films, the producers of a new documentary called Jacob's Tears. Stephen Briggs joining us from the UK. Hello Stephen, welcome along to 2020. Hi, thank you Neil, thanks for having me. Stephen, part two in a series, uh, these documentaries, they bring to light some fairly uh, fairly heavy details. Uh, you're featuring interviews with German church leaders and uh, a son of uh, a Nazi SS officer and Holocaust survivors. Uh, this is fairly heavy material. It is, but it's, it's redemptive in, it, in its purpose. The, the premise of the series is there's going to be more than three volumes, actually, but uh, the, the premise of Blessing, Curse or Coincidence is um, looking at uh, your, your show is called 2020 Vision. Well, what does it, does it mean to have 2020 Vision? How does God see history? What is the, the, the key um, visual aid, if you like, that he, he uses to, to portray history to us? And one of those keys is where... God stepped in and spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, and he said, I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now that that promise, that declaration, that covenant was reiterated in Genesis 15, Genesis 17, Genesis 22, Genesis 27, uh, 1 Chronicles 16, and Psalm 105, 8 to 11, and the list goes on. It was the... the um, the nailing to the mast, if you like, of, of God's redemptive plan and purpose. And prior to that, of course, the world had gone into uh, freefall. And um, the, this, this series of films looks at, is that promise effectual today? Did it have an effect during the canon of Scripture? And how has it affected nations, empires, and individuals throughout history? And now Volume 2, Jacob's Tears, looks specifically at one empire, the Nazi empire, the German uh, empire, and what took place in the lead-up um, to the Shoah. Where was the church, and why did the church, on the whole, acquiesce to Hitler? What was the um, unfolding of that, that promise, that declaration? And, and in light of history, uh, Germany is, is a rather unique exception. Because if we look at the Roman Empire or the Persian Empire or the Ottoman Empire or the British Empire um, or the, uh, uh, the Greek Empire, every single one of them has um, had its demise when it's touched the apple of God's eye. Germany is an exception. And, and, uh, uh, and this film looks at it in the sense that actually what is it that caused Germany to, um, 
survive, really, and, and not only to survive, but actually to be the financial powerhouse of Europe. Is there a spiritual dimension to, to what has taken place? Now, um, but, uh, stating that, that doesn't negate what, what Nazi Germany did. Uh, the, the greatest uh, atrocities the world has ever seen took place in that period of history. And so what this film is looking at is, is what took place, uh, where was the church during that period, and uh, what lessons can we learn as we see an increase in anti-Semitism across Europe dramatically, particularly over the past two years with Paris earlier in the year and Copenhagen, uh, and what's been going on these events. Anti-Semitism, or I could term it anti-Israelism, now under its new guise, is not going away. It's the longest hatred, and this film unpacks that and says, look, we need to stand up, take notice, recognize that the scriptures say in Romans 15:27, because we have received of the spiritual things from the Jewish people, we owe it to them in carnal things to, um, to, to bless them and to support them. It's a fascinating study when you look at history and the movements that have come against the Jewish people. And as you say, Germany not suffering the same way that others have suffered when they have brought their uh, anger and their hatred against the Jewish people. When you talk about the dynamics behind this unprecedented evil, uh, this is coming back to a scriptural foundation. Those who bless you, I'll bless. Those who curse you, I'll curse. So when we look at modern-day Germany and the fact that they are uh, prospering, how does that fit in, which is opposite to what has happened to other nations throughout history? There is, there is one key. Uh, we, we, it really was a, a difficult um, position to face. I mean, the, the, the uh, atrocities that were carried out are... are beyond comprehension even now. I mean, the, the, the studies that go into what, just what took place. And... Um, but the key that we we have discovered really is a principle that is a personal principle as well as a national principle, and that is the key of forgiveness and the key of recognizing um, the errors of our ways. Now, there were some very brave people uh, following uh, the Holocaust and the show. One of those was Conrad Adenauer, and he actually um, went to uh, to Israel, acknowledged. Um, uh, what the Nazi atrocities and and asked for uh, an apology. That, obviously, that doesn't um, negate what what took place, but it does go a measure to to bringing that restoration back. Now, in, in Jeremiah eighteen um, verse seven to ten, there is a very interesting phrase, and this is uh, mentioned in the film. It says. Um, Jeremiah 18, verse 7, At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to break down and to destroy it? If that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Now, this turning did take place. Okay, not under Hitler, but now Germany is one of the most closely allied nations to Israel. Is it mere coincidence um, that not only have they recovered, but that they are now the uh, the financial um, mainstay of the of the European um, Commission of the European government? And and why did that um, that turning bring about that their restoration, if you like, as as a as a main player in in the nations? Now they they paid reparations of billions of Deutschmarks, in, in, of course, into into euros to uh, to Israel. In the early days, most of the cars in Israel were gifts from 
uh, Germany. That's why most of the taxis in Israel are still Mercedes to this day. There is a there was a measures that were taken to um, restore that which had been lost, and uh, that is is one of the key distinctions between the uh, uh, Germany of today and um, the the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire of yesteryear. What you're saying is there's something of an outpouring of God's grace on the German people because of what we would say is an act of repentance. And uh, we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments because exploring the spiritual forces that drove the Nazis to try and annihilate the Jews uh, will be part of our conversation just ahead. Our guest is Stephen Briggs. He's Director of Operations at Hatikfar Films. We're talking about a new documentary film that's out now. It's called Jacob's Tears. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. We're back talking about that dark period in history, the Holocaust against the Jewish people from World War II. And what we've seen is that there has been an outpouring of grace on the German people since that time. And as we've been discussing, perhaps as an element of the repentance of the German people, that God's blessing, that his grace has returned to Germany. Stephen Briggs, Director of Operations at Hatikvar Films. Stephen, as we talk about spiritual forces, and we've been reflecting on Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, those who bless Israel will be blessed, those who curse Israel will be cursed. Is there a spiritual dimension to what was going on at the time of the Holocaust in Germany? I believe there is. I think that throughout history you've got... Um uh, obviously the seen, but the unseen is taking place as well. And so um, in Chapter 1 of Jacob's Tears, which is available from um we look at uh, a key part of the history that is, is little known, and that's the fact that in, in Revelation it talks about the throne of Satan being in Pergamum. Now that, that throne was, um, uh, historians and scholars believe that was a literal throne. It was in the Ottoman Empire. The, the leaders of the Second Reich... Uh, went to the Ottoman Empire and requested to take the Pergamum altar, the throne of Satan, from the Ottoman Empire and bring it to Berlin. That uh, request was agreed to, and the Pergamum altar was taken apart brick by brick and brought and rebuilt in Berlin. Now, where Hitler gave his speeches in Nuremberg was a recreation of what is called in the scriptures the throne of Satan. So um, is that mere coincidence or is there more to it? That, that throne of Satan, that Pergamon altar, is still uh, in the um, Berlin Museum and can be seen to this day. Now, okay, people will say, well, that's, you know, that, that's just a, 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 a bunch of stones. Why, why does that have any significance? Well, in order to understand that period of history, we have to understand that Hitler was fascinated with the occult. He was very much involved with it. He practiced it. There was a whole number of things, and we don't have time to go into it. But there is a book I can recommend by uh, Erwin Lutzer called Hitler's Cross, and it goes into it in great detail and actually looks that there was a spiritual dynamic behind this. And, of course, the, the very root of this is the fact that God is a faithful covenant-keeping God. You see, if, if Satan could destroy the Jewish people, it proves God a liar. 
And that is why anti-Semitism is the longest hatred. That is why, from the time of this declaration in Genesis 12:3, Satan has sought to destroy the Jewish people. Because if he destroys the Jewish people, it means the covenant is of no effect, which means God can do away with you as well. Now, this not only applies on a, on a national scale, but it also applies personally. And in chapter 4 of, uh, of Jacob's Tears, which you can find on... Um, on YouTube, uh, we go into this in a personal capacity with the son of a Nazi, son of an SS officer, um, whose father was involved in uh, training um, the SS, and how he has gone back and personally sought forgiveness, not for, he can't change his father's actions, but he can recognize them and acknowledge and say, look, I recognize what my father did. I'm sorry, what can I do to restore your family? So his family was uh, greatly affected. He had nightmares as a child. And once he came through to Jesus, he was totally set free from all of the baggage that came down from the previous generation. It's incredibly interesting to be able to note those testimony stories of people who have cursed Israel and then come under curse themselves, those who have blessed Israel to come under blessing themselves. There's a message in your documentary which is personal and it's for nations as well. And when you can demonstrate these things through history, it's a very, very powerful lesson to learn. With the upshot of what happens in Jacob's Tears, what's the challenge there to individuals and to nations in the way that they position themselves, in the way that their attitudes are formed towards Israel? That's, that's a twofold question. Let me deal with the, um, the national question first. In, in Kings and Chronicles, there are um, a whole series of, of kings that are um, in power in, in Israel at the time. And only a handful of them are deemed as good and righteous kings in the eyes of God. And there is two criteria that, in, that enables them to be in that position before God. The first is, uh, what is their foreign policy? If they had holy uh, relations with other nations or not. And the second is whether they tore down the high places to the altars um, in the land to, to foreign gods. Now, some of the kings did only one of those things and not the other. And they weren't deemed righteous or honorable in the sight of God. It was only the kings that were prepared to do both of those things that were deemed honorable and right in the eyes of God. Now, of course, in our day, we're outside of the nation of Israel, but the same principle applies. Do we allow and encourage the worship of foreign gods in our nations? Point one. And secondly, what is our foreign policy? Who, what nation or nations do we align ourselves with? And what are the consequences of those, that, that national alignment that we see? And um, if uh, uh, God's principles are right, then uh, what you have, if you like, in the macro perspective, is that Israel is a, uh, a nation that has a unique calling to be a testimony to all the other nations that there is a God in heaven, even in their unredeemed estate and um, on a national level. They ha- were the custodians of the word of God and the law of God, and, um, which grants us the moral and legal framework for how we not only relate to God, but relate one to another. And, and this is key because that's why all of the nations hate them. 
that's why Psalm 2 is so evident. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. In Hebrew, that word is Messiah, saying, Come, let us cast away their cords from us and tear their bonds asunder. Those cords and those bonds are the very law, the very structure of God's word that gives us our framework for how we relate one to another. So they, if you like, are, in the, in the macro sense, a testimony to all the other nations that there is a God in heaven. Now, in the micro perspective, you and I, you, Neil, cannot witness to everybody in the whole world. You, it's not possible, but you can witness to those who are in your locality. You are to be a testimony of God, of, of Jesus, to those that you know. And your life is to reflect that in, in, in microcosm. And that's, that's really you in, in, in minute form reflecting as a testimony that there is a God in heaven. Now, with regard to this film, the challenge that is laid down is actually, are you prepared to be a testimony? Are you prepared to do what only a handful of people did in the t period of the Nazis? You've got the like of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Martin Niemöller, um, Corrie ten Boom. You've got these, these ones that really were key in standing up with their Jewish people, uh, with the Jewish people through um, the Shoah, through the Holocaust, and to the extent that they were prepared to be imprisoned um, to stand with, with what... Um, what God's word uh, tells us to do. And this is something that we're seeing. As anti-Semitism increases, where will you be? Will you be on the side that acquiesces, that ignores, that turns away as, uh, as churches sang louder while the, the um, carts carting the Jews to the concentration camps, they sang louder and ignored what took place? Or are you going to be those that actually stand up, be counted, and make your voice heard, and uh, be proactive in supporting um, God's uh, chosen people? According to, let's use the book of Ruth as an example, Ruth had um, a choice. And Naomi, uh, her, her mother-in-law was there, Orpah was there as well, and Orpah chose to go back to where she came from. Ruth said, no, your people shall be my people your God, my God. Now, it's interesting the name Ruth means friend. And she laid down everything to side herself with God's people and God's family and was prepared to go with her whatever the cost. And that is the challenge to every believer today as we see a rise in anti-Semitism the world over, which is anti-Israelism, which is a, uh, a hatred of everything that the Word of God stands for, ultimately. Well, it's undoubted that there is a rise in anti-Semitism around the world. Uh, there are enemies uh, waiting at the gate for the people of Israel. Stephen Briggs, this is a timely release for Jacob's Tears, and I'm sure there'll be listeners who'll take up uh, your suggestion of checking out the trailer and then getting a hold of this documentary film. It's a documentary that highlights uh, interviews with German church leaders, with the son of a Nazi SS officer and Holocaust survivors. It will move and it will challenge you. It's called Jacob's Tears. And Stephen Briggs, Director of Operations of Hatikva Films, thanks so much for talking to us today on 2020. I'm sure there'll be listeners keeping their eyes peeled uh, to have a look at this particular documentary. Stephen, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. God bless you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.